Welcome to the Inspired Intentions podcast with Skyterra Wellness. If you've been not taking care of yourself, it's time to reset habits and plunge into your new normal. Jeff and Rachel back here with you today, and we are very excited about this topic. We are excited. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. Good, good. I'm excited about this guest. He has a really great podcast voice. He does. We totally just found that out unexpectedly. Yeah. So during it's gonna, our setup. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. Let's you know, introduce him. Let's go for it. Yeah. So this is Michael Vess. Hi, Michael. Hi, Rachel. Welcome. Hey, Michael. Hi, guys. Michael is Skyterra's executive chef and culinary director. So we're really excited to have you here today, Michael. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I think this is going to be a topic that really uh, connects home with folks who have, are maybe getting back into cooking, those who just need some of those quick and simple tips. We probably need to go into Michael's bio a little bit more, though, huh? Yeah. And I actually, before we do that, I have a really great story oh, yeah? about Michael. Oh, cool. And I forgot to tell him I was going to say this, so this will be a surprise. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I um, went to the kitchen yesterday and I wanted lunch and I was late because I was busy with something. Did he get upset with you? No, he didn't. He never does. No, he's so, so even keel. So kind. He's great. Um, but I came and he had forgotten that I was coming, which was fine. Hmm. And uh, I don't think I gave him too much notice. And there was... None uh, of us have ever done that to him before. <laughs> it's actually never happened. <laughs> Um, lunch had already been served and there was no lunch left. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I'm like, that's okay. That's totally fine. Like I have a bar with me. I'll be fine. And he was like, no, no, just give me five minutes. Whoa, five minutes? Five Mm -hmm. minutes. That's all? Only five minutes. Oh, wow. So I, when I have five minutes at home, I, it could take me five minutes to just look through my fridge. (laughs) Exactly. Five minutes. Five minutes. So I sat out at the table and out came the most beautifully plated food. There was... Um, quinoa. Mm-hmm. There was wow. salmon, grilled salmon, grilled yeah. salmon with a delicious sauce on it. This sounds like a really nutrient dense meal. It was so nutrient dense, and I'm not even done. There was a spinach, tomato, onion salad, which was delicious. Wow! And he made that from scratch in five minutes. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I am sure we need to find out more on on how he does something like that. Yeah. So I think today, as we go into recipes and we start to talk about all of Michael's talents and his background, of course. Um, I think what I want people to know is is eating nutrient-dense can be done really quickly, can be prepared quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm and i excited for Michael to tell us how. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so the gist of yesterday's lunch and why I could do it so well is um, when I make a mess, I make it count. I always cook a little bit of extra of everything. So mm-hmm. I had some quinoa. Um, that I just keep around um, in, for instances of emergency or if someone's hungry or if I need to. Um, now, is quinoa easy to quinoa super keep like easy. that? It, it is? is? Yeah, nice. super easy. Yeah, and just um, par-cook it and cool it down well and throw it into a... What's par-cook? Par-cook is cooked just until it's exactly done. Um, not overcooked um, with too much water. Um, if anything, you'd want to use a little bit less water. Hmm. Um, so that's a little al dente. So it's just barely cooked all the way. Nice. Yeah. And then um, because it keeps it neutral where you can reheat it while adding more water. Um, and then it can be a little softer at that point, And it's okay. It's not already so soft. So, um, so I had some of that on hand. I had some cucumbers and some really ripe um, tomatoes too, a little fresh lemon juice and olive oil. Um, saturates really quick. A little sea salt uh, made uh, an instant salad. 
Boom. Yeah. Boom. Just like that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> a little, uh, a little um, uh, massaging of the uh, spinach made it uh, seem as though it had been marinating for a while. Now, when chefs say say massage, what what does that exactly mean? Yeah. I've I've heard that a lot. Yeah. So massaging greens is something that's um, a really quick um, way to take some, to be able to make lunch in five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you take um, hearty greens, if it's um, uh, kale, for example, um, and a little sea salt and olive oil. Mm -hmm. um, usually I'll, I'll add an acid to it, um, a vinegar, like an apple cider or a rice wine vinegar. Um, and with gloved hands, I usually just rub the, um, oil and the salt and the vinegar. And I just kind of rub it in between my fingers until, um, the color of the greens go to dark green. Hmm. Um, and I can tell that it's saturated. You basically get one with the kale is what I'm hearing. One with the kale. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, yeah, you just hold it in your hands and then <laughs> you're making, you're putting the love into it as you're about to put it onto well, the plate. Well, he describes so. it so simply. And I think it's like, man, when you think of those denser greens, those ones we know are so good for us, something simple like that probably will make most of us more likely to execute. Especially if it only takes five minutes. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's another way to use your greens because you can eat them raw. You can saute them. You can boil them. Um, you can put them in a soup, of course, or you can massage them and have them nice and crisp and on hand, ready to roll anytime. Mm. Boom. Man, we have come right out of the gates today. Yeah, we didn't even get into Michael's background. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Michael. Um, so uh, a little bit about me, I guess. I've been at Skyterra for a few years now and enjoying um, making these meals for the guests. You know, so that that's, I guess, the skinny on the last two years. But before then, um, I worked with food that is... Uh, important that you feel good when you get up from the table has been my my uh, point of view i'll say um and that came to me many years ago and i've been cooking since i was 18 so for quite a while um that for me to stay to be able to do what i'm doing it, you have to get up and feel good from the table so that was my selling point um and just so happens that healthy food and beautiful, colorful food, all of that goes hand in hand with feeling good. So mm -hmm. it just, all these natural paths opened up and eventually led me to where we're wow. sitting right now. So you've always had that perspective that no matter what kind of food you're preparing yeah. uh, for the people you're feeding, that you really ensure that when I get up from your table or that individual gets up from the table, they're going to be feeling good. Could you share with our listeners maybe some of the types of restaurants that you've worked in in the past? And I, I think it's always cool to hear about your story, how you're, you're highly self-taught. And I think that's something for others to recognize is that when you get to the level that Michael is, um, he's really put in the time to kind of learn these techniques and, and do them in a way that is potentially faster, but also in a way that works for him and uh, the folks that he's trained under him. Most definitely. Um, so I've always worked in, in restaurants and with the, uh, the finest chefs that I, I could imagine, um, people who I wanted to personify or, or really um, knew that I would be uh, getting paid to learn, in other words, uh, mm -hmm. by being beside them. Um, so from fine dining um, of uh, French and um, urban Indian and, and some uh, Cajun, um, those in German actually as well, uh, that was kind of my cornerstone beginning. Um, that's what gave me a foundation to start. Um, hmm. And then from there, I, I helped open many restaurants 
um, since then, and some were um, all very traditional restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. So the foundations of where um, the food that I'm cooking have been most important to me. Not um, nouveau food, but the the origin, the origins, the um, how things were traditionally prepared has been my um, passion into following um, preparing food for other guests, and and mm-hmm. I feel like that's um, where I can come from a true genuine state of being, and and it just so happens that that's really healthy, and uh, it's really beautiful, and um, and it, it all just falls together. So. Mm-hmm. And that, there's, that's kind of the skinny. Um, um, a lot of uh, Latin Latin food um, I've done, a lot of Southern as well, which was an interesting mm. um, delve into um, some really heavy foods while still trying to, to be healthy in there. And um, that was difficult. Yeah. 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 So I, I want to um, talk about how you think about, I mean, the restaurants that you've worked in are, it's a pretty wide range of different types of cuisines. Yeah. Um, do you use that experience as you're starting to think about the recipes? I mean, bringing in different flavors. I'm just thinking back to the salmon I had yesterday yeah. and that, I don't know what was in the sauce, but it was delicious. Yeah. So that was uh, miso and smoked shoyu mm. were kind of the basis of that. Um, and it was just reduced really quickly. Um, and that's how I was able to cook, um, grill and finish the salmon all together and make kind of a sauce all at the same time. Hmm. Um, make a little pan sauce and, and it also makes a bit of a dressing too. Um, so we're just winning all over the place with that plate. <laughs> that was a really fun one. And, and what's really cool is um, when you just lean forward and follow, um, follow your, your head, your body just kind of goes with it and, and wonderful things can happen. So um, don't be afraid to just grab some things out of the fridge and start slapping them together. Um, you know, when I see quinoa, I think sometimes I think, um, you know, green and red. Um, then we used red quinoa yesterday. So, which is more of like a deep, um, burgundy. Um, but the pop of, uh, say, a, um, a red bell pepper or, um, a really nice tomato or cilantro or, or fresh basil really stands out in there. And they're really, um, refreshing flavors too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that Whenever you go into uh, pulling a, a meal together, mm-hmm. just you can't go wrong. Just start to think about how to line everything up where you know you need your protein. You know you need the rainbow. You know. What do you mean by the rainbow? So we, we're, we've talked about, so imagine the colors that we're talking about right now. We're talking about um, a few different reds, a few different greens, some uh, like uh, cucumbers in there, something really light. Um, the salmon is grilled. So you know what salmon is, is a bright pink with these char marks on it. And this uh, miso um, sauce on there is, is shiny. Um, and it's kind of a uh, golden as well. So when you visualize that, you can just see something that makes you pretty happy just by thinking about it. How important is that visualization with food? I think this is something I've heard Michael talk a lot about, and he takes pride in almost being an artist behind the plates that he's putting out. And these are plates that are healthy, they're nutrient dense. Uh, could you could you discuss more like how important visual, visualization and, and how that plate gets prepared is, is kind of top your list? Absolutely. And yeah. And thanks for asking, um, yeah, no because it's a, it's such a fun part. Um, 
and I think actually, I think Rachel, me and you were talking about this a bit yesterday, and that's about the environment um, and and having the privilege of uh, honoring guests by um, them sitting down at your table and, and uh, eating your eating your meal. Um, you know, from the way that it uh, smells, it sounds, it feels, um, the way that the food looks, um, and of course the way that it tastes. In the in the in the end is when you get up and how you feel and move through the rest of your, your evening, day, your morning. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those are such a privilege to have the opportunity to, um, to fuel someone through the rest of their interactions. And so I think of things that, um, like I got pretty happy and excited just thinking about that plate again from yesterday. Like that made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it makes me feel good and I see a lot of these things, I'm pretty saturated with it. I hopefully it'll make someone else feel really, really good. Um, and, um, that they'll feel energized from the, from the proteins and the, the other uh, micros that are on there as well. So, um, you know, I think, you know, eat the rainbow, eat the rainbow. I just repeat that into my head and, and I let the food um, speak to me. I take any anything that I buy and I bring into our kitchens. Um, I take out of it any packaging, any marketing, um, because I want to see it. I want to see the food and let it kind of jump out at me. I want to see the the colors come through. Um, and what will match well on the plate. Um, and he sounds like a painter. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He gets into oh, this cool. stoic yeah. zone. And yeah. I mean, it's it, incredible. I, I really hear him talking a lot about the senses around food. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's so interesting where it's, it's, there's this extra level of care behind uh, how you bring food to, to the guests that you work with. It's, it is it's such a privilege and, and to treat it um, as such. Um, is so important because every guest is different and every guest has a, a different need. And so um, just by talking to guests sometimes, um, I'll learn about something very subtle that um, I pick up on. Um, and then I can appreciate that back on the plate to them. And it's a little tip of my hat to them without them ever knowing. Can you give us an example of what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So, um, so if a guest um, says, for example, avocado, I, I just love avocado. I eat it every day. Who doesn't? Right? I, I, eat, I eat avocado every, <laughs> every day and a half for <laughs> I, many our, years. You too, know what our yeah. dietitian says? She's always like, when in doubt, eat you an avocado. Eat an avocado. Yeah. That's a good line for all of us, all of our listeners <laughs> yeah. to remember. Avocado is um, on a desert island with one food. It's, oh, yeah. It's an avocado I, I completely for me. agree. Yeah. Yeah, I we, might go for coconut. Coconut? Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of diversity with avocado, and I'm sure that's what Michael's about to get into here. Yeah, well, so if a guest is, um, how many ways can I do an avocado? That's what I'll play with that week. So if I've, if I've got a guest that, that I'm going to see multiple times, well, well, we'll do a standard avocado, but we'll slice it thin and we'll fan it out. We'll make it dramatic. We'll make it really have a presence, but it's just the beginning. It's just the, kind of the teaser, the warm up. Um, because then we might, um, grill the avocado or we'll, um, we'll marinate that avocado or we'll mash it and with, and then we might mash it with, um, something like a fresh jalapeno, or we might mash it and mix it with some, uh, some really nice ripe mango. You never know. Like, so we'll just keep playing it throughout the week. Um, because what happens a lot of time in the, in our routines that I find when I talk to guests is that they kind of, um, not necessarily in a rut, but they are, are used to the same things. Mm-hmm. You know, I get sliced avocado um, and that's kind of it. 
Now, why, why is it so important to maybe switch up? You've given us six mm-hmm. or seven different ways of eating avocado. For, for our listeners and folks maybe trying to eat a healthier way and for guests in general, why do you think it's so important for them to switch up just how they're uh, getting the presentation of it? I think that it's important to switch up because um, doing things that feel good are repeatable um, actions. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I felt good from, from the avocado, for example, um, just sliced and fanned, then, you know, and I know that I love lemon. Well, then I'm going to squeeze some lemon and I've got this really beautiful olive oil and I'm going to just squeeze some olive or uh, pour some olive oil and do a little lemon over the top. Um, I'm, I've created variety in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've got some, uh, some hemp hearts or some, uh, toasted seeds, I can uh, put some pumpkin seeds on there and, I, and I'm living large now. Um, and I feel good. So I want to continue to repeat these kind of, uh, the, these kind of actions, these kind of, uh, meals for myself. They're simple. Um, and that's inspiring for me to cook for myself instead of going out and, and buying mm-hmm. food, you know, from a drive through or, or, um, from a restaurant, um, that's been prepared by others. Um, and I don't necessarily know what's in that, but I know what I make for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's always really important. That's almost those small twists mm-hmm. make it where you don't get sick of that food. It right. gives you the variety and it yeah. still gives you that same feeling yeah. that, that you're hearing from most of the folks who may switch up the delivery of that particular food. Certainly because I'm going to eat avocado every day. Yeah. yeah. It's a non-negotiable. It sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to eat it many, many different ways. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Michael, I know a lot of guests ask you if you cook the same way at home do you um you know so i i cook similar um i cook for my family for my, for my children um and my wife um and i definitely do cook at home i love to cook at home um it's one of um you know what you know my kids are always asking me what did i make today and and um so i'm always excited to kind of showcase what i do um when while i'm away from them um because and, and they're really open to food fortunately um because we've always uh fed them whatever we're having and um and they've always just kind of they didn't know any better so they just ate everything uh which has been really wonderful um we prepare um whole foods at home just like we do um at skyterra um we don't use processed foods um we we procure and um prepare the best that we can find in our area um, we, we go out shopping together. Um, yeah, so I would say it's, it's very similar. So, you know, sometimes, um, we, we probably do a few more desserts at the house. <laughs> um, but again, we're cooking together, um, and, uh, we're making them homemade, um, not out of a box. And, and so it's a really, um, communal environment, you know, with the family, um, to, to make food in which it is, um, um, at Sky Terra too, which is really cool. So, do you have suggestions for people who, um, maybe who who don't have the creative artistic brain that you have, or feel like they don't, and want to start cooking more like you do? How how do how would people start? What what should they shop for? You know, when what I do, and I sit down with guests regularly, um, or with, with folks who are like, okay. Um, I need a meal plan. I, I, I need to do all these things. I say, all right, well, hold on. Let's, let's get a clipboard, a piece of paper, and let's write down the days of the week. And let's write down, um, let's just do an L for lunch and a D for dinner. Um, and now let's 
go across. So that's 14 um, different meals. Mm -hmm. Now let's, let's look at the proteins that we're going to have. Are we doing chicken, fish, pork, steak? And if so, let's sprinkle them out throughout the week. All right. So, so we set all those up. Um, you know, we have a few chickens at lunch and dinner and, um, fish spread out and, and, you know, maybe a heavier protein here and there. Well, that's done. So that's cool. That was easy. Um, now all we have to do is figure out our, our starch. Okay. Well, how many times do we feel like having uh, rice and how many different ways will we have rice this week? Uh, maybe we'll have rice twice. Sure. All right. So we'll have, um, just a standard, uh, like a long grain basmati, something exciting, not, not a, a short grain, you know, something a little bit more fun in the mouth. Um, hmm. and then, um, uh, maybe our next rice will do like a, a turmeric rice. Um, so it's got this really beautiful, bright yellow. All right. So cool. So we've got, um, two rice and we can do, um, some, some quinoa, of course, or some other grains, you know, some wheat berries or some sorghum, whatever we've, there's just a whole assortment of things to do, um, more than we could fit in 14 days, um, or 14 meals. So, um, so I find that to be pretty easy and experimenting as well, especially with grains, um, because they uh, can sit on the shelf in a, in a clear mason jar. Um, they're not going to go bad immediately. And you can just pick and choose. And so having um, options at your house are really important that aren't um, perishable, for example. Um, and then you have your vegetables. What are your favorite vegetables? Um, you know, I don't, I don't use celery very often, unless it's a really traditional, specific need for it. Um, I love other um, uses like, um, the, the ribs of, a uh, rainbow shard are super beautiful and like celery, um, where they're really crunchy and they're really juicy, but they're the rainbow. So they're really colorful too. Um, and when you cut them on a bias, they get a really gorgeous shape and, um, you can saute them or of course you can eat them raw. So, um, I eliminate having to have one more thing in my refrigerator, um, by, um, plus, of course, you get all the wonderful leafy greens that you can, again, massage, um, saute, or eat raw. So there's, you know, there's, what, four options real mm -hmm. quick just with a shard, for example. Michael, so you're essentially, I heard quite a, quite a few simple steps there, actually. Mm -hmm. So one, you want to start with a plan. Mm -hmm. Just start to think about what the lunch and dinners kind of paper. look like. Yeah. Put it on paper. And yeah. I think that's a really important step. The second thing you said is identify the proteins that uh, you enjoy, the ones that are going to be probably easiest for you to cook in the beginning. And maybe, what do you think? You're picking a couple of those at first and then rotating. I mean, you're really hitting the variety there, but maybe you're doing two or three and then you're changing it up the next week, something like that. Well, and also um, just keep keep this in your mind, you know, make a mess, make it count. So if mm -hmm. I'm going to do chicken uh, three times or four times in a week, yeah. well, maybe I'm going to um, grill it all this week. I feel like I'm going to do grilled chicken. So boom, fi it. fire up the grill, mm -hmm. uh, a little olive oil. Um, and that's it. No other seasoning on the chicken, mm -hmm. nice hot grill, um, grill it, um, uh, finish it off 165. It's good. Cool it down as quick as possible. Now for my meal, um, you know, I would keep one piece out, boom, I would eat it then in the other three pieces. I would have for whatever I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. I've already cooked it. Um, I can uh, dice it and saute it into um, some vegetables, um, put it over rice. Um, I can bring it to work in a lunch. Um, I can put it into a wrap and make some chicken salad. I've already made the mess 
um, I just have to assemble it. Well, and I think that is a really great example for our listeners where you're you're utilizing one protein, but then as the week goes on, you're able to repurpose that into four different ways. And so it's almost like the same thing you were describing the starches. You're maybe picking just that rice and then you're doing the same exact thing. And then almost with the vegetable, you're using, using the example of, of the chard. And so just being able to, you almost could start with one for each and get four or five days out of it is, yeah. is, is what I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. Something else that you said, Michael, that I really liked was that you are looking for protein. You're looking for vegetables that you enjoy eating mm-hmm. um, because that's really important, right? Is and, and I've heard you say it before, but just the joy of eating. Yeah. And I think what you just said is really important that I enjoy eating. Mm-hmm. Not that someone told me that I should enjoy to eat. Um, and that's and I think that, you know, if I like and if steak was, for example, my favorite food, I I probably shouldn't eat steak every single night, even though, or and for lunch, even though that might be my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be mindful um, that moderation is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that whenever I, it's steak night at my house, um, that my lunch that day might be a little bit lighter because I know I'm going to go a little bit harder at dinner. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to keep this balance going. Um, maybe um, my uh, breakfast or lunch following that steak dinner would be, um, and would be mindful as well, um, that I wouldn't, um, that w- I would have really gone hard at dinner on my protein. And maybe I, you know, maybe I even steak and potatoed. Uh, so what am I going to do Ooh, for breakfast? Verb. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and for, so for breakfast, I'm, I might do, um, you know, my yogurt, fruit and granola. Um, and of course a little bit of avocado. So and I do want to give a little shout out to, to Skyterra at home.com, which mm-hmm. has a lot of Michael's recipes on it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Because I think too, a lot of times people can say, well, I don't like kale. Well, maybe you haven't had it in a recipe that, that Chef Michael has put together. So I think if there is something that you have decided maybe that you don't like, take a look at skyterrathome.com, search on that food and see if you can find a different way that it's been prepared. Because I have been doing that and it's all, it's all great. You know, Rachel, since you said that, um, it reminds me, um, there are some hard sells sometimes with food. Um, a lot of people have had a bad experience with, say, fish or with kale. Um, and they've just, you know, kale, of course, is like one of those big things. Um, because they've had it steamed and and just too much, you know, like maybe the first time, that's great. Uh, but every time is not great. And um, you can become burned down on it. Or you had a fish that was... Um, um, very fishy or dry and you're like, well, I'm never going to have that fish again. Um, so the recipes, um, really lend to, um, uh, really simple, uh, techniques, basic tools, um, from that most kitchens will have and, um, kind of a reintroduction, uh, to some foods that you might've got burnt on before. I like uh, that word. Reintroduction. Is that hyphenated? Typically, no. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. I'm I'm Jeff's editor. Yeah, <laughs> she keeps me in mind. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, but so. you're you're right. Like sometimes we don't really know fully what we enjoy if we haven't had multiple preparations of that food. And I think you you said it best. Like start with what you enjoy. Also think about moderation. And then third, kind of on our checklist here, is stay open. Maybe you just haven't had that food in the way that was right for you. Yeah, and I think staying open and relaxed Mm. makes it pleasurable. What do you mean by that, Michael? 
being open and relaxed. When it comes to food. Yeah. Throw in a red flags up and saying, I've had that and I'm not going to try that again. Um, is shutting you off from f- future experiences mm-hmm. of, uh, of feeling good or pleasure or closing the door on possibilities, which makes your choices more narrowed. Um, and then that makes it more limited. And now we're, it's starting to sound a little stressful to me mm-hmm. um, already. I need, um, and why I love food truly is because it's infinite. I can't think of everything. I can't cook everything. I'll never figure it all out. And we always have to keep eating. We have to keep eating. So there's lots of chances for everybody. Yeah. And so it's, it's becomes very relaxing in that way where, Oh, this is so much bigger than I am. All I have to do is cook. Yeah. Hmm. That was, that was pretty powerful. Michael, can you talk about, um, I've heard you say before too, um, you know, along the lines of experiences and eating experiences, when you serve guests at Skyterra, um, you wait to make an appearance out of the kitchen. And it's very deliberate and purposeful. And I think it's interesting. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. And that, and that goes along with um, treating each guest as an individual um, and then the group as a whole. So I listen and I can see I can see the guests through the kitchen. Um, and I'm, I listen to the, the banter at the table. Um, and is this before the food has been served? No, this, this is after, okay. after everything has been served. Um, I'll, I'll wait to go out to make sure that once the last plate hits the table, that in my mind, all of the, uh, aspects of the plate have been tried or, or definitely seen and tasted, um, and, and conceived and thought of in some way. Um, so that when I go out that, there's a group conscious of everyone has had the same type of experience thus far. Um, I think that uh, when I, when I go out there, my biggest question is, um, is there, is there any, does anyone need anything? That's the first thing I want to know. And then the second thing I want to know is who has questions on how this was prepared. And uh, that is usually um, a lot of, a lot of looks and a lot of hands go up and, um, and the questions start rolling in. Um, what do we have uh, today? We had um, we had a soup today, which was a really unique soup. We did a, a fingerling potato soup, which is different than a standard like a russet or a red potato soup. Uh, the texture is a bit different. Uh, the flavors a bit more potatoy, I guess. Um, and uh, and they're like, how how and why is it like this? Um, and the ingredients of that soup today were, um, I actually cooked it in chicken stock, fresh chicken stock, um, fingerling potatoes and just a little sea salt. And that was the entire recipe. Um, and so if that's not the most simple, simple, uh, way to prepare something that makes you feel good, it should be definitely repeatable as well. Hmm. So, what do you mean by repeatable? Um, repeatable, um, relatable, approachable, um, something that, um, you feel like you could do yourself something that you say, Hey, you know, I've got a pot. I like potatoes. Um, Hmm. um, either, um, I have a favorite chicken stock or, um, I feel like making some chicken stock in my crock pot. Um, and so that's repeatable, um, type of, uh, of, uh, of recipes that are my favorite to do that. That is my, uh, 
probably my biggest pleasure working with a guest is that they feel like they can take what they've seen on that plate, even if it's just a side um, or the protein or, or soup and um, replicate it at home. Yeah. And especially if you're trying to build new habits around your eating patterns, like it shouldn't be overcomplicated in the beginning. And, and I think you've nailed on a lot of those points where by figuring out those things you enjoy and just being able to um, see what you make at Skyterra and for you to give them that dialogue of this is how I did it. And I think some people are sometimes astonished by how easy certain things mm -hmm. are. I know when Michael's explained things to me or I've even heard that heard him explain them to other team members or guests that they're really shocked by uh, how hard it actually isn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's intentional um, on purpose. Um, I think everything um, with food should be intentional. It should be thoughtful. Um, and that's why keeping it absolutely simple is vital. Um, keeping the, the, the processes, you know, and this is, uh, I use one knife um, for 99% of everything. What is that knife? Um, it's just an eight inch uh, chef knife. Um, and I've had it for over 15 years. Oh. Um, I do use a serrated knife, but that's just to cut, um, uh, if I'm going to cut, cut like a soft bread or something, so I don't smash it with my other knife. Otherwise I do all my other knife work with the one knife that keeps it really simple. Um, I have a favorite cutting board, um, that when, um, I see it, it makes me, uh, smile. Um, it's, it's a really, really beautiful piece, um, of wood that I know that when I put, um, food down on, when I put vegetables, um, on there that I'm going to cut those up and they're going to turn into these great dishes or fruits. Um, and the guests are going to love it. So, and so you use that cutting board at Skyterra? I do every day. Do you wow. share that cutting board in the kitchen or is it your, and is it no, your No, I, I definitely share it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it is the centerpiece of our kitchen. Yeah. Oh, it, I never it, knew that. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of a, a neat, um, a neat part that, that no one really does know yeah. about this other than me and the other two chefs that are there. And, um, so the cutting boards has a kind of, um, this mystique about it where, hmm. um, that's where kind of this, uh, this flow of um, food comes from this one kind of center point. So um, when the morning chef comes in, um, that board is oiled. It is perfectly in its place. There's a, a, a brand new clean folded towel beside it. Um, that chef's knife is already set out there by the chef from the night before. Hmm. Um, so it's very inviting. It's, yeah. You almost set like an environment back there so that not only your chef's prepared, but it's a very intentional way of like, almost getting you guys in that flow state because I, that's what I see a lot in you, Michael, is like when you're cooking, you're in flow state and you pass that on to your team members. And I think it's really interesting that that stems from like part of the act of putting this cutting board out and, and using that knife you've had for the 15 years. The rituals of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So that environment um, that we try to set for the guest when um, the way it s smells, sounds, tastes, all those, um, the same things go for us too in the back when we're preparing food. So at home, when you're making food, um, are you wearing comfortable shoes? Um, are you wearing comfortable clothes? Um, are you playing music? Um, do you have a glass of water close? Um, and as you start to roast garlic or make a stock, your house starts to fill these smells or our kitchen does as well. Um, I keep, um, um, actually I have the exact same cutting board at home because I love it so much. Um, and every day I come home, it grabs my eye. Um, and it makes me I just want to cut things up on it. I want, I want mm -hmm. to cook and, and, uh, and that feels good. Um, 
uh, to do that. So it's re- very repeatable. Would you recommend that uh, our listeners or just an individual trying to get back into a rhythm like you're describing, should they create some sort of environment like that at home? Like they've got the shoes. Do you think that's a kind of a, a no brainer, like something that should be done? Um, absolutely. I think um, you should have a knife that you love, a cutting board that you love, a pan that you love. And I like to call them sexy tools because <laughs> they draw you towards them. Um, they call to you um, and you want to use them, um, which keeps you healthy, keeps you at home and keeps you preparing food for yourself, which you dictate exactly um, how much or how little of anything um, is going into there, the salt, the sugar, um, all of those things you, you're doing yourself and you're in control. Um, and, uh, and that feels really good, especially when you're done and you feel like you've accomplished something pretty big. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then for, for our listeners who maybe have not been to Skyterra, um, how would you recommend that they, you know, what's the first place to start with? Should it, would it be Skyterra at home? Would it be one recipe? Would it be kind of equipping your kitchen? I, I mean, we've, we've given a lot of action steps and I want to make it, um, as easy as possible for people. Yeah, so uh, I, th- I think the easiest thing to do is to take inventory of what you've got. You know, do I have a knife that I love or, or, or do I just have a knife in a drawer that, of, of many knives that are, you know, hand-me-downs or just kind of derelict knives, you know, that I just kind of smash through things. Folks need a meaningful knife. You need a meaningful knife. Yeah. Um, and you need to choose it yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to um, receive a knife from someone. Um, it's one of those things you need to put into your hands and, and it needs to fit your hand. It's, it's, it's an extension and it's very dangerous too, of course. So you need to feel really comfortable <laughs> with it. Um, and, um, and it's yours. Um, very important. Um, so, so inventory, what's next? Um, a cutting board. Okay. A cutting board, super important. Um, and then. What about if, do you have a favorite recipe that you feel like mm-hmm. could be accessible for everybody? favorite recipe you know probably has avocado yeah it's, probably probably it's, got, it's probably got chocolate and avocado in it. <laughs> i heard our uh, executive producer doesn't eat avocado he's like the only person oh, that wow. doesn't who doesn't eat avocado yeah it's so awkward okay <laughs> i can't wait to meet him. yeah you can't you can't even bring him to parties because you share that and you just lose wah, friends wah, wah. <laughs> i'm sorry oh dear so uh, let's see favorite recipe um or or good recipe, a uh, good starter recipe, um, would be to cook an, an easy grain like um, a quinoa, for example. Um, say take uh, two cups of uh, quinoa, uh, four cups of uh, water, vegetable stock, chicken stock, um, uh, boil it like you would um, beans, for example, um, or rice, um, bring it up to a boil, um, maybe 15 minutes on, on a lowest setting um, and let it set. Um, and while that's happening, you can, uh, saute some vegetables, um, sear a piece of protein, throw it in the oven and what does sear mean? Oh, searing is fantastic. Searing is one of my favorite, favorite ways to, uh, to, uh, prepare, um, vegetables or proteins. Um, so searing is to take, um, say a vegetable or let's, let's say uh, a piece of chicken, um, and a, a light amount of fat, like an oil, um, olive oil, grapeseed oil, avocado oil, a high temperature um, oil um, at a medium high heat. And you sear 
the exterior um, of the uh, vegetable or the, the chicken, for example. Um, and what that does is that, that closes up the outside, kind of um, sears, um, sears closed any of the openings. Um, so all the yummy juices stay inside. And it also um, adds color. And brown equals flavor, which is a wonderful thing to remember. Eat the rainbow, brown equals flavor. What do you mean by that? Brown is flavor. So um, when you're searing, you get a bit of caramelization going. Um, and that is a really, really fun um, way to, uh, instead of steaming or boiling food, when you sear it or grill it, you've added um, this brown to it. And uh, that, that is when things become more rich, for sure. Mm. What about a dessert? Hmm. Well, um, I, I touched on it just a little bit, but the, uh, the uh, av- chocolate avocado mousse mm. is really epic. <laughs> I hear a theme. Yeah. I actually made some today. You'll have it tomorrow. And that recipe Great. is on Skyterra at Home. <laughs> it is. It's it there. Is, yeah. It's super simple too. Um, and it's um, a really gorgeous recipe. I enjoy making it so much. I, um, it, it's uh, super simple. It's um, equal parts... Um, Melted chocolate to um, avocado, um, a little vanilla. Um, sometimes I use a um, little uh, coconut milk too, um, just to make it a little bit softer or a little bit bigger, um, especially if I'm using a really um, uh, bitter chocolate uh, or cacao. And I put it into the food processor and it goes from this ultra beautiful green and uh, the chocolate dish immerses and melts into the avocado, blending it away and doubling the volume, which is epic. And um, yeah, that's that's one of my very favorites. Nice. As far as desserts go. Thanks, guys. So I have one last question yeah. for you, Michael, and I think it's probably clear, but um, I've heard you say to guests before that one main ingredient in everything that you create is love. Mm. Can you can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, a little, yeah. I will say um, I learned a long time ago um, that what I what's going on inside of me um, comes right through onto the plate. Um, so um, I need to be centered, and I need to feel very good, um, and I need to feel. And like I'm in a loving environment. Um, and I need those that are around me to feel the same way also. Um, and so fortunately, I, I'm very lucky to uh, to um, experience that on a daily basis. Um, so the inten- so you know, they say you can feel the love coming through on the plate. And that is when when each guest is treated as an individual and you recognize that um, some guests have a low sodium need. Um, and, or some guests want something a little bit spicy, but no one else does. Um, and they, they appreciate the level of a, a care and attention that you give in, as an individual. Um, and, and I, th- I think that is very meaningful. So I think, I say that's kind of how the love transfers. Um, you know, it is so meaningful to be able to, pr- um, prepare, the fuel of people's lives. Um, I think that what you put into your body um, affects your character a lot. And, um, and I feel so privileged to be, um, have the honor um, to provide nourishment for folks. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. We miss anything, Michael? Anything else you want to add for everybody? 
Uh, I've had a great time. I really enjoyed we talking to you. We loved having you on. I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. 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 This, is, this is really fun. A lot. I love to hear all these great things about food and, and share this with everyone. Um, it's uh, a constant um, that we do. Um, you know, I, I want to take the fear away from that question. What's for dinner? Mm. Um, I feel like it's a dreaded question that, um, we all hear every single day, seven days a week for all of our life. What's for dinner? And, um, that, that should be an exciting, um, question to answer. And from you, I'm hearing if I could summarize the answer is doesn't have to be complicated. Whole foods, real foods, eat the rainbow. Yeah. Brownies and do it with love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so cool. much, Michael. Thank you guys. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thank you all. The Inspired Intentions podcast is a production of Skyterra Wellness. Special thanks to the non-avocado eating executive producer, Alan Broyhill. Send us your questions and comments to inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. Rate and review us. Give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be found. And if you're not going to rate us five star, just keep it to yourself. That's right. Join us next week as we cut through the unrealistic noise on diets and fitness and show you how healthy living fits seamlessly into your already busy life. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Jeff. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you all.